Welcome to Built Different, a podcast by boots on the ground workers who are built different and like to get sight done. We're here to listen, question the status quo, and continue to find better ways to build the world. All right, we are back at it again for another episode of the Built Different Podcast. Joining me is our co-host, Mr. Chris Jervy, and today's special guest, John Andrus from Andrus Construction. What's up, Johnny? Welcome to the Thank party. You. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to, to spend a little time with you today. So yeah, man, let's jump in and, and get started. We kind of have a, we're going to talk a little bit about your your past and your journey into construction we're going to talk a little bit about your experience with construction site, and and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you kind of circle back to Andrus, and, and you know this is the built different podcast. What makes you guys different? What makes you guys different than others that are out there? And and I think I know what some of those things are, but it's going to be it's going to be good to talk to you about some of that stuff. So let's jump in with a little bit of background about you. How long have you been working in construction? I've been working construction for Andrus for seven years now. Started as a, an intern. Internships are now not, they're real internships and not what I was. I was a laborer with the title of intern. Back when I was 18, started, I started sweeping on jobs, keeping the, keeping the parking lots clean of dirt, setting up handrails. They didn't even give me nails. I had to go pick nails out of boards to go put up you know, safety rails and stuff. Is that for real? You actually were not given a box of nails. You were told to go scavenge for nails? They gave me a hammer and said, Go take the nails out of the ones that are sticking up in the boards and use those to put up handrails. So I got a hammer and a, a hammer holster for my tool belt. It was great. Later on that summer, I, I graduated from broom to hammer with tool belt holster. And then later on, bobcat promotion. So I, yeah. So start at the bottom. It's got to have started before then. Tell, tell us more. Like one of the things I love about this podcast, all two times of it so far, is like really kind of getting to know the the person behind the the professional. So I know it's a family affair for you guys. Like, tell me a little bit more about like really early on, like some of the formative experiences for you. Like it's okay to get into Lincoln logs. If you have to just go as far uh, back as you can remember. <laughs> I love my Lincoln logs. I loved my Legos. I was also a connects fan. If you know what those are. Oh yeah. Growing up being in the family business kind of thing on Saturdays, Saturdays were spent going to jobs when I was little, it was smaller jobs around the neighborhood. We'd walk, you know, houses and do house tours. And my dad would point out things. As I got older, it was going to our job sites on the weekends. You know, always had a, a Hooters lunch afterwards that I had to be careful about going home and saying that I, we went to Hooters. My dad always educated me on that. We did not go there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great times growing up in the construction industry. You guys went for the food, right? It was all about the food. Really, the wings great, are the best. Great wings. Yeah, and and it was just closest to the job site, you know. Okay. Convenience, yeah. I got you. So it was early for you. Uh, you know, like very you, early. you got a lot of like early on experience. What about your dad? Like, what do you think drew him to construction in the first place? Not to get his too dad. far off topic, but I'm interested. Yeah, no, his, his dad. So my grandfather has been in construction his whole life. He flipped houses and did that kind of stuff to support the family back back in his early years when my dad was growing up. Started a big construction company, sold it, has now started Andrus. It's kind of in the family. I'm third generation Texas builder, so it's kind of cool to keep keep going with it. Sometimes I have to remind them, though, that I'm a little bit more technologically savvy than they are. So we got to get rid of some of their old school ways, but we're working on that. Still use a hammer and a holster, though. That was 
13 years ago. How long were you in the field? And I know that there's a story here that I want uh, I want you to share with our our listeners, our listener about, about moving your way out of the job site. Yeah, well, to get out of the the field as an intern, as out as a, like a full laborer, it's one Friday afternoon, a dark, dark day. Basically, it was me and one equipment operator, and I was going to be the late guy, set up all the cones and all the lights and stuff because we were working inside of a inside of a hotel redoing the the lobby in a hotel Friday afternoons through sun, uh, through Sunday, they would actually have people staying in the rooms that fed this area. So our job site would kind of become public. And uh, one day they were digging a trench and the as-built showed the sanitary line at 14 feet. So we weren't, we weren't going to hit them. They were actually installed at seven feet and we hit it clean just straight broke the pipe, not, not nicked to the top of it, ripped it, ripped it through. Yeah. There's nothing sanitary about a sanitary line, let me tell you. And so at that time I didn't have the skills to just tell the guy, like, I'll run the equipment. You do that. I was the intern. So I, uh, you didn't have mad cachet at the time. <laughs> no, no. I remember going and finding like a PVC pipe that was long enough and going to try to like, get it from one side to the other while uh, while we tried to get the hotel to stop. Because it was literally as people were starting to flush their toilets when they got to the hotel room. It was just awful. I want to ask more questions. Like what, I, what I'm imagining is like when someone were to like stab someone in the arm and like it's just squirting like out of the no, sewer pipe. It, it was like a, a, like a little bit and then it just kept coming. It's like a, like a hotel announcement. Please, everybody, do not flush your toilets for the next twenty minutes. It was awful. Shut it down. So I, I think I stayed there about two hours late, waiting for someone to come back to the job site to put a temporary uh, fix on that. And I finally drove home, and I wasn't going to touch my cell phone. Let's just put it that way. And so I get home two hours late, and my mom looks at me like, "Where have you been?" And I'm just covered, <laughs> dirt and other stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and sewage. Yeah, I told her I've been in a hole of shit. And that was the first time my mom heard me cuss. And uh, I'm sorry, mom, if you're hearing this again, but I had to tell the story. Yeah. You wonder why more people don't want to work in construction. I mean, this sounds <laughs> awesome. This isn't exactly a great way to like recruit young, young professionals. <laughs> this, is the part, this is the part where we don't, we're not recruiting right now. Well, this is why, yeah, this is why uh, I guess you go to school or bless the guys that want to be in the trades. Cause man, that, that is, it's a tough no, this deal. Is, this is why I, you take pictures them. of oh, your yeah. job. This is why I take pictures. So you know that it's seven feet and not 14 feet. So you don't dig and hit the damn sanitary line. Uh, what this is really just nice. an endorsement of instruction site. Yeah. If only they had instruction site, maybe that's the future podcast. Those as belts were not correct. They were not correct. Tragically, it, it, tragically incorrect. Caused, tragically incorrect. It caused me a pair of jeans and a, a pair of boots too. So, and and your mother didn't didn't really care for your language. Yeah, there might be a picture of that. I I'll have to I'll have to go look because I remember I remember being so dirty that my my sister was like perfectly clean, and then there's me, and it was like look at my kids on their they're at work, and I I think that exists. I gotta go look for that one. Yeah, that's not Off that's not the ideal day to take your kid to work. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, at the dinner table that night, I go, hey, I think it's time that I uh, join the office life. I think I've learned enough in the field. It's obviously, it's stuck with me, though. So, like, so, you know, you're, you went 
it's a bit of a, a trip from digging trenches and sweeping to being in construction technology. Like how, what was it that kind of drove you into that, in that direction? Besides the sewer pipe. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was the obvious, this can never, I'm never going to work here I was again running. unless. Yeah, I was running from that. Well, so when I, I went off and did my own thing after college, worked for a couple of companies and then I came and worked for Andrus, started from the bottom again as an office engineer, was out in the field and people were just kind of asking me questions from other job sites about how I was doing things. And, and that kind of led into just getting into this role of op tech, which the coolest thing I ever did was like month two into my role, I found Matt and Philip at a conference and was like, whoa, these 360 cameras, you know, I wish I had one of the original ones, but these 360 cameras, like, man, I wish I had that on my job. I remember writing an RFI specifically that was, hey, this pipe over here goes from this side and then goes across and then, you know, goes back up over here and here's how the joists sit. And we had pictures from a, a third party company, which I'm not, know if I'm allowed to say those, but we'll just say a third party company took these pictures. And I spent probably four hours marking up pictures and saying, photo one is here. And this is where photo two lines up to see this is photo two. And then, okay, here's how photo photo three goes to the ceiling and photo four goes to this side, you know, and, okay. And now here's the opposite direction. It was the worst. And I was like, man, <laughs> with these 360 cameras, you just take one picture and you can see everything in there and how it all works together. And it's just like, that was when the eyes opened and I was just like, okay, we're on the verge of some, something cool in construction. And uh, I think construction site really started kicking off just all of our other adoption of things. We were already using Procore, but we kind of almost lucked into Procore because we've been using it for 12 years with what they've become. But uh, definitely saw the vision with Structure Site early. Yeah, man, you were, I still remember being at that very first groundbreak and you walked yeah, in. Yeah, that's where it was. Although I did not know that you were two months into your job at that point. You were you were really doing a good job of faking it till you make it, you know. Fake it till you make couldn't, it. Couldn't tell that you were brand new on the Optech job. Uh, yep. but that was yeah, that was that was like groundbreak 2017, maybe? 2018, maybe 2018. I might have been 2017, man. I don't know. It was it was that was our first trade show ever. Yeah, I think I think it was 2017. Yeah. Well, I found you right at the beginning. So yeah, you, you kind of touched on it, you know, like that was one very specific example where you had a nightmare RFI where you're like trying to stitch together eight pictures to talk about, you know, something you could have talked about in one. Like, tell us a little bit more about life, life before instruction site. You know, um, I know that was probably a really dark time for you. Things are very sad. You didn't very have, dark. you didn't have me and Chris in your life. So like things are probably terrible. I understand. So, but yeah, like what is, what is, what is what's life like before instruction site and before you have a little bit of that, you know, in addition to sort of what that RFI experience was. Yeah. So, I mean, if we back up all the way to like when I was an intern and that was when people were having digital cameras on their job site with SD cards that were this big and not that big to fit a little one in there. Like they were the giant SD cards. Right. And, uh, Photos never made them off there, right? They literally never got off those SD cards and who knows where they are today and where is image 00001? That JPEG. 
Deanna JPEG. <laughs> IMG0001 JPEG. Yep. They'd say, go take pictures. And it's like, okay, we'll take pictures. You know, but where were they stored? How was it organized? It was, it was kind of just like, hey, digital pictures exist. We should, we should be taking those in construction. But there was no like process around how to do it, you know, how to organize it, where they're stored, right? And so eventually it comes a service that solves that problem. And that was that third party service. And they came and they came and took pictures as we scheduled them to. And that was it worked for a while, but we we had issues with that too. Mainly with scheduling and getting people to the job as we needed them. Because We'd finish something and it's like, okay, well, they need to come in and sheetrock that immediately. So there wasn't that, that time, that buffer time to schedule and get someone out there. And it's just, it's just one more thing to do of scheduling and keeping up with, did they come? Did they not? Am I, am I good to go? Because they'd also have some lag time to getting the photos uploaded to where we could see them. You know, so do we know that they're uploaded and that they have them? Probably the biggest thing was finding out that they had missed areas due to a scheduling conflict on our side or from what the last time they told me was that they accidentally took pictures over the pictures on a project the next Monday. They came and took pictures on Friday of an area and then that photographer went and took pictures on another job and overwrote the card. And they're like, we'll come back and take those pictures. I'm like, we've already moved past that. We poured concrete. We don't just undo concrete pours to take pictures of all the rebar now. Like it's, that's over. Like we missed the opportunity. So one thing we like to think about here too, just to poke at that for a minute and kind of pull on that thread is like, what's the impact of that, right? They're either don't have the data, it's not available or you can't find it. Like what happens when that, when that's the case, right? Cause I think it's easy to think about like, Hey, it's great to have, you know, a record of what has happened and when, but, but what's the impact of not having that? Kind of gets me into a story, right? Oh, we love those. So our story time. So our first project that we did with Instruction Site, it was small little building. We were we we're testing it out, right? It was in Dallas in the farmer's market area. And uh, we had gotten to our second elevated pour and the engineer comes out and says, hey, y'all are missing this on the pour. And we're like, oh my gosh, did we... Did we include that on the last pour two? And the engineer goes, yes, yeah, I saw it. You're good, right? And we're like, well, let's go back and check because we took photos this time. So we went and looked at the photos, saw they weren't there, and then we're able to write the RFI, get the problem solved because we attack issues. We don't want to wait for them to come up later on. So we attacked the issue, got the RFI solved. It cost the subcontractor a lot of money because he forgot it, but it probably could have caused more damage and stuff later on. But so that's where using the photos during construction, we were able to get something solved during construction rather before we got to the top out and started getting all these weird cracks and things. And so not having that capture, we would have either relied on the the guy that said, no, I saw it and then had issues later on down the road, or we probably would have had to go on an x-ray, you know, every single location where that should have been to see if it was there. And that's, Tons of money. So simple 360 camera can can do it a lot for a job site. And just it's that peace of mind. 
Yeah, those issues only compound, right? They just get bigger and bigger the later and the later you get. Like, I love that idea yep. of just sort of like, hey, we got to attack this issue. I, I love that that phrase even. Like, no, we're not going to wait around for this to be some huge problem for us down the road. Like, we know that we got to figure this out. Let's go figure it out now before it becomes a problem. The idea that, like, you actually have some tools in place that can help you with that is is cool. I feel a little bit bad for that subcontractor, but ultimately don't forget to put that in. Yep. And better to learn the lesson on the beginning of the project than to do it wrong the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a good story. Thank you. Let's switch gears here. I feel like this is a topic that is uh, near and dear to Chris's heart as, as our uh, head of head of customer success, which is adoption, you know, so you're the operations technology leader at the company. This is probably one of your biggest challenges is not just bringing a new piece of technology to the field, but actually getting people to use it. So take, take us through what the what that process looked like for instruction site. What were some of the bumps in the road that you hit and, and how were you able to, to sort of overcome those and, and ultimately operationalize this technology as something you guys are using across all your projects? Yeah. Okay. So kind of initial rollout. I picked a couple champions uh, that were just go-getters with new things. And I put 360 cameras in their hands and let them loose. And we talked, okay, let's do this, 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 and this. Okay, here's, you know, kind of laid out some some ideas and we, we just let them kind of run with it. And so having those champions kind of let other people to go in, okay, hey, I want that too. What do I need to do to be successful with that? That kind of was the grassroots initiative to it. But then we kind of had to get to like a more systematic way of capturing. And that's where with Procore, we use inspections. And that's pre-pour inspections, pre-rock inspections, you know, all the way through. And the bottom of every inspection, it says, did you take your 360 photo using instruction site? Every single inspection. And so it reminds people, okay, I need to go in and take that picture and they can't check that off without taking the picture because if I pull up that report and there's not a picture of that area, then they're pencil whipping it. It's kind of instruction site is now like our way of stamping your name to that inspection. Hey, I went in and, and did this inspection. Here's the 360 photo of all those things done correctly. So it it put a process to it. And I think that's kind of what you have to do. Now, the like getting people from taking photos on their, their iPhone camera roll and putting those into instruction site. That is a daily battle, <laughs> daily battle. Cause some people just don't, they don't think that it's going to be important. That one, that one picture they took isn't going to be important later. So why do I need to add it? But it is important. It possibly will be important to see that specific day of how some flashing was installed, you know, in an area, because maybe there was, there was water on it and they're wondering why mold grew there. Every picture is important to us. And that's, that's where our, our now big push is, is to get in every picture on construction site, no matter what. Do you think your staff are like figuring that out now? Like, I that's definitely a big part of adoption for us is really getting the people that are taking the photos to understand that there's value there, right? The process is valuable. And until you kind of have that aha moment, it feels like an extra task until all of a sudden, you know, you're using it for some coordination meeting or you're like, oh, shoot, that photo that I took actually is helping us figure something out. Like, do you, do you feel like that's starting to stick with with the folks that are there or is kind of a slow process? Yeah. or Yeah, so... 
the cool thing about construction is one of the first things we do is concrete and you can't erase concrete like you can sheetrock, you know, just, Hey, is that there? I know. Old school ways, just hammer the wall, look if it's there. Okay. But let's patch it. You know, you can't do that with concrete very easily. And so cool part is we take those pictures for construction site with concrete first and people see that value of, Oh, I've, I need to go back and look at that to see if we got that there. Or is that embed in place? Or did the PT cables, actually the big one is uh, electrical boxes, how the conduits run under the, the concrete. People would be fishing fish tape through those and trying to figure out where it popped up. So we, we follow electrical lines a ton of times in the, in, the, in the slab. And so people see those benefits early on in the job site. And because every time it's a new project, I don't care who you are, you're gonna always forget how to do things just having to do it. You didn't do it for two years. Now it's starting back over. You see the value again. Okay, here's why I'm doing it. Pouring concrete at the beginning definitely makes it stick in their heads that they need to capture stuff because you just can't erase it. How much was like creating a top-down standard operating procedure and kind of getting a bottoms-up groundswell from the team where people are realizing like, whoa, this is something that actually is making my job better and, and pushing it bottoms up? Like what's the sort of mix of those two things? I mean, it was pretty even, probably more so because I was pushing hard. I was like, this is super cool. We need to use it. And then there's the field guys where they're also like, there's some guys that were like, this is awesome. You had the naysayers who were like, no, it was awesome when I could just have someone else do it for me. <laughs> yeah, there, there are always going to be those people. Oh, this is change. And it's changed to me having to do something. But Construction site makes it so easy that you literally just have to walk around with a camera and you're taking the pictures. You got to walk in those units anyways. You might as well take a picture. So yes, it was both top down and bottom up, but the bottom up is it's a little tougher because you have to find your champions. You have to find the people that that are good at adopting things and sticking to it. That's that's the biggest thing is anyone can try something, but can they stick to it? So you got to just push push on and, and continue going with it. Where do you see that headed? I'm going to take a little bit of a different turn here. It's like, yeah, it's super easy, but there are definitely going to be some, you know, advancements there. Like we are always kind of keeping our sort of fingers on the pulse of autonomous capture and obviously anything that minimizes the amount of work that folks have to do and get the same value from it is, is a huge opportunity. Like where do you, where do you see that going? That's a fun one for me, passive versus active capture because once you get to passive capture, you can start analyzing things like safety and stuff like that too. When you're actively walking through with the camera, people tend to be a little safer. But you know, when hey, that well, hopefully that robot dog when it walks by you, probably looking at it right now. But it, are you looking at it and changing what you're doing, or are you just looking at it because that's cool? We'll see. I definitely want to get to the point, and I believe we're on our way of just passive capture, constantly feeding the job site. It's really critical for us at the main office to see what's going on on the job sites, to know where they're at, to know what's what's starting, what's where there's paused work, be able to check in and make sure like they're using the right materials, just everything, right, for schedule. And I think COVID taught us a lot about virtual work and remote work and how do we stay up to jobs when we can't go on to a job and how do you just basically keep up with everything. My dad, he's a little... Weird sometimes. You might have to cut that, but uh, <laughs> it, my dad will uh, often 
think about construction tech in a way of if he were ever in a wheelchair, if he ever got in a car wreck and, and had to be in a wheelchair, how would he continue to do his job? Construction site's one of those things where if you have that on your project, you can see everywhere in your project, you know, just job sites aren't really wheelchair accessible. So you can still walk the job, see what's going on, manage your schedule. And those that kind of technology is going to allow our people to work on more projects. A superintendent can be on multiple projects now because he can see you know both projects as long as there's daily capture or at least weekly capture. You start growing in a way that you couldn't before. Yeah, we talk a lot about that. I feel like I don't necessarily want to get too too far off topic, but like with labor shortages and like being able to like be in more places, making sure that your your A team is on as many projects as possible, right? Like it's going to require that level of sort of remote functionality to some degree, right? Yep. Well, I mean, in Texas, in Dallas alone, we're supposed to like double the size of Dallas or DFW by like 2030 or something like that. Like seems ridiculous in eight to 10 years, you're going to double the size of an entire city, but that's with construction and like, we're going to have to build stuff. It's not like you're going to have every, or all these companies just start hiring a bunch of other contractors. Like there's a limited number of people that are doing this because those people that are moving here are going to be doing other things. And so how do you get more efficient at building in order to continue to stay up with the increasing demand for construction. Yeah. We've heard some, some pretty interesting things. Matt and I have been out and about traveling around for the last six months or so. And we've heard some really interesting things. I think Matt, you've been, you've been sort of talking a little bit about you're kind of having like an office based sort of project management team, right? That's like, it's got like construction site and Procore or whatever construction management app you've got. And it's like, you're kind of managing it from like a control center almost is, is some of the things. Yeah, th- this is this is like Warren, your John's dad was actually one of the first people to ever sort of pitch me on this idea of the super who's managing multiple projects with all these different technologies at their fingertips and sort of giving the people that have the knowledge, the superpower of sort of being on multiple jobs and having enough stuff coming in now that you could actually do that. I think it's going to be really, you know, we sort of watched VDC as a as a function sort of emerge in the past maybe decade or so, maybe longer. I don't know how you feel about this, John. Like, do you see maybe another emergence almost of a function with within a company that is kind of what what your dad is describing, where you have a, a team of people who are looking for more flexibility in the workspace, can't necessarily or, or don't want to be necessarily on the job site every single day. Like this is an on-site industry. We'll never go away from not being on the job site ever. But how can we supplement that with another way of bringing the job site into the office so that ultimately you guys as a builder, in order to meet that demand of DFW growing 2Xing itself in a decade with, you know, are you going to get 2X the amount of people? I think that's kind of the point you were making, right? You won't, right? The people that move there won't all decide to show up and work in construction. Uh, you'll have to find ways of of multiple, you know, of scaling up your company without scaling up your headcount uh, one-to-one. Maybe talk about that for a minute, like, because it sounds like you guys have a plan and yeah. some ideas. How are you guys thinking about it? So we obviously are seeing as a lean, like we're on a lean journey, right? And that's cliche to say, but everyone says they're on a lean journey. And on our lean journey, we're, we're thinking about that. We're thinking about how to how to centralize some of these jobs to where you can work on multiple things. Submittal review. Why are we having guys that are going and 
two years from now, they're going to go back and do the same spindle review. So they're doing concrete spindles today. And then their job gets to framing and plumbing and, and finishes out. And then they start over again on their next project two years from now. Right. So they forget what they're looking at. It, you know, it's, it's something that they have to learn new versus something that you do every day. And so what are those things that we can do in construction that we do that you don't do every single day? Maybe it's MEP review or framing inspections. You know, those things where someone that does that often and is really good at it. How do you empower that person to do that across more projects in more geographical locations? Smittles is one, but just, just reviewing things, you know, for, Hey, is this done right? Did we overbore all these holes for the plumbing so that the plumbing is not going to crack? That kind of thing can be done with pictures. And that's where the, the passive like daily capture where, you know, spot robot dog is running around our jobs and feeding us all this information we're going to get to. Pretty excited about it. I, I think being able to have, well, one, it lowers your, your uh, overhead, right? Because you're able to have fewer guys that are on that job and you're able to build people that are in the office at 50% to that job versus 100% of that job. And so we can actually, you know, lower our, our overhead and become even more competitive in the market. So yeah, we're, we're excited. It's crazy. Future school. School. Yeah. It's crazy how many inefficiencies there are, right? I mean, we talk a lot at construction site just about, I think Matt calls it the silent killer of just like super inefficient. Like we're walking to the job site again. We're driving to the job site again. Like how much time there is in just like moving from point A to point B, like versus having kind of a command center, right? Where you have, you know, access to all this information right in front of you and you don't actually have to walk back over or whatever. And it's crazy to me how much like just COVID is actually sort of inspired us in this weird way. Like one of the real benefits was like, actually we can do a lot of this stuff remotely. It, it actually fueled a lot of this. Like I think one of the boons to our business was COVID. It's such a weird thing to say, but like it got people thinking we can actually do this from, yeah, I really like the idea of like a control center or a command center. Like I'm right here. Like I, I can see what's happening, right? If you're doing daily capture, there's so much you could do just, very next morning or at the end of the day when you're just seeing everything that was put in place or whatever i just think it's such a world just changed a lot over the last few years and i think it's really inspired uh, a lot of change there yeah and, and you can make people that are new to the industry pretty powerful with construction site in, in that can kind of control center way of if you have the 3d model there and you have daily capture and now you can see okay yesterday they installed off the model and if that daily capture, you've got a remote person that's able to follow where construction is, stay up on top of all that stuff. And you don't have to be a 20-year veteran. You could be fresh out of college and go, hey, that's not per the model. That doesn't look right. That doesn't look right. You know, raise the flag and then let the guys that are on site solve it. The biggest thing I'm seeing now is the guys on site, we shouldn't waste their time finding the issues. They should spend their time solving the issues. And how can we support with technology to find issues and put it into their hands to go solve? Because I've said before, like we need to take the emotion out of construction, keep passion, but take the emotion out. And because if you've been on a job site, you can, there's always going to be a heated conversation between someone. It's just a bunch of guys, some you know, guys and girls out there, just it's a different world. And so personality conflicts happen. And how do you work around personality conflicts? You know, someone might think that you're picking on them for, for finding these issues too often, you know, Oh, Hey, you're being too, too picky here. And this other job site doesn't do that. 
you know, take the emotion out. Hey, this third party or this guy that's offsite, I don't even know him, gave me this list of all the things you need to do. I'm going to, I'm going to follow up and make sure you get that list done. I mean, it's so much easier to have that relationship with the person on site when you're fighting that, that common enemy that's far away. So they found all your problems, but they're not there on the job site, right? They're just, yeah, you yeah. got to solve them. Someone else did this to you. It's, it's not me, but let's get them fixed. It's a lot easier to come at that thing than, hey, I found 20 things you did wrong. I can't believe you did this wrong. You know, fix them right now. So it's a totally different relationship you have with someone when you're just saying, hey, here's, here's what I'm being told that's wrong. And we need to get these fixed versus I found this stuff that you did wrong. Because you're, immediately they're, they're going to put up a wall. And it's, it's how we've done construction for a long time. And, and those walls get put up. And, you know, people, people do a good job managing those relationships and managing through those differentiations of people's personalities. But it's got to be easier. Yeah, exactly. Not even me. I wasn't even looking for it. Structures, it's, I just it's, found yeah, it's, it. It's, it's the computer's fault. <laughs> yeah. Right? Blame, no, it's, it's, it's true, though, right? Isn't it a little bit like, look, this is how it's supposed to get built. This was the plan. Here's what actually got built. This is incorrect. I don't want to be the, the like, don't kill the messenger, man. Instruction site found it or whatever, right? Like, yep. it's wrong. Attack the issue. Fix it. See how, the I, issue. see how I'm incorporating that yeah, phrase? I, I, re, I told you, I really like that phrase. I'm yeah, using it. Attack the issue, not the person. I'm going to sure. start teaching my kids, like, attack your homework. <laughs> attack it. <laughs> and when the issue is broccoli on your plate, then just attack the issue, right? Don't attack, attack the broccoli. Dad. Attack the broccoli. <laughs> just, just. Not a dad, so uh, <laughs> honestly, I got the dad jokes, not the dad experience. I know we're early in our podcasting career, Matt, but I don't. I certainly would not have expected us to get to attack the broccoli this early. <laughs> like you know, yeah. look, look, unexpected. It's all it's all up from here, Chris. It's all up from here. <laughs> the joys of podcasting. Attack the issue. Sometimes you know, not the person. Sometimes if you're. If you're three-year-old, the issue might be vegetables. And then you attack the person. I, it, it, very, it very often is. But <laughs> honestly, I think this is a really interesting point that you bring up, John, because it really is like we, we spend so much time fighting each other when really what we're trying to do is just build the dang thing the way it was planned to be built, right? Like, I love this idea of just resolution between plan and actual, right? Like, look, dude, just we want to get as close to that as we can, right? We want the thing to look as close to the plan as it can, possibly can, right? And it, don't yell at me, man. You put the pipe eight inches too high. It's not you delivering that information. At some point in the future, it's construction site found that you're eight inches out this is a thing. I go, you got to deal with it. It's the, this isn't a, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you didn't steal my girlfriend. I'm just trying to tell you the pipe's not in the right dang place. Like fix it. And I, I feel like a lot of this in a weird way kind of takes, you're right. It really takes the sort of emotion out of it, right? It takes the personal out of it and allows you to just get stuff done faster and it like minimize the total amount of crap you got to fix later on. Yeah. Okay. When you, when you came to someone with, with something you found, there's an excuse. I'm not done yet. I wasn't, I wasn't done yet. I was still working in that area. Spot ate my homework. It's like, yeah, <laughs> spot ate my homework. So, you know, like, I mean, we've had it where we do a lot of wood frame construction and they miss putting a door in, you know, it's like when it's all wood, Hey, you can walk through that wall you can get to that room and stuff. But then some third party person says, Hey, you forgot to put your door in there. If I went on the site and said, Hey, you need to cut a door in here. I'm not done yet with that area. They might literally forget that they have to do that and it'd be something they do a little late, but their excuse is going to be, well, I'm not done in that area yet. 
But if you have a list now, now someone that's back in the main office is saying, Hey, look, here's something you need to track versus it just being kind of back of mind on the job site. Still don't see a door. I still don't see a door. I see you moving out. (laughs) It's no door. It's just something to track. Yeah. Intelligent project tracking is what it sounds like to me. It does sound like that. What do you think about that, Matt? We should, we should hang on to that. We're going to try. Let's move to Procore. I know like, you know, you, you mentioned that you sort of fell into Procore. I doubt that's true. I'm sure you figured that there was something really useful about it a long time ago and it's grown with you, but I, I, I want to know a little bit more. Like one of the, one of my passions at Struction Site, to be honest with you, is is workflow enablement for like photo first workflows, things like an RFI that look, this pipe is wacky. I want to be able to generate an RFI right inside of a 360 photo. You like that whole thing that you were talking about earlier could have been so easy with Struction Site, right? You snap the photo back on your machine, you generate an RFI right in that photo, it gets logged directly to Procore. Tell us a little bit more about your journey with Procore, where things are working in terms of like integrations and kind of what, what you know, where, where you see some of that going. I, you're a perfect person to ask this of. I don't think there's a piece of Procore swag that you don't have. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm pretty Procore. I'm embarrassed I'm not wearing anything Procore today. <laughs> but, but yeah, I say if we fell into Procore, I say we fell into the fact that they're like the best at what they do. We found them early on and and helped help them, you know, kind of kind of like how we've been alongside y'all from an early standpoint. But we're believers in finding tech early and failing fast and failing often and getting, you know, getting something built that's going to help us and not try to just fit into something. But that's kind of another story. With Procore, you know, the integration, like I was saying earlier, it's having having those pictures that you can speak to in a, in a, an RFI makes the whole situation in the RFI that much clearer and not having to digest multiple pictures and understand how things go and just being able to quickly do that from the instruction site. Steps that we're taking away from having to do, take this picture, download it here, save it here, upload it there. It's just a bunch of steps and people don't do that because it takes too much time trying to get these answers quickly. And so, you know, instruction site's been a real help there. Another cool thing that don't think about it so often is because it's in the cloud and I'm sitting in the trailer and I've got a question and this architect, you know, responds to an RFI and goes, well, what does it look like? And then I'm like, well, I don't have a picture of that. You can text a superintendent, a superintendent or assistant superintendent and say, hey, can you go to room 303 and take a picture of this that we're having this issue on? They can take it on their phone or on a 360 camera, upload it, and then I can go pull a link and, and attach it right there. Again, that's that's kind of where you get into that control center deal. You know, the guy who's writing the RFI doesn't also need to be the person that's going out to the field taking the picture. You know, it's a team environment in construction, which is something that's really cool about construction. It is a, it is a team. So relying on your other team members to help you capture that stuff, it's wasting time to stop Write in the RFI, go out to the field, take a picture, get back out. I mean, if you've got a, a material hoist that you have to wait on, I mean, it can be, uh, we track that stuff. So, I mean, average time is about 10 minute wait time on a, on a hoist on one of our 40 story buildings. Some of the lower ones, maybe it's a six minute wait time. Six minutes to get up and go take a picture and six minutes to go down. Plus the walking time between. I mean, you're, you're talking probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on your project, just to go take a picture. Versus someone is already there. Hey, just take it, send it, put it in the cloud, 
bada bing, bada boom. That's a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a game changer. Something that you, you couldn't do with a third party and you couldn't do with just a regular old digital camera. iPhones and the cloud with Structure Insight has, has changed, changed what, how we do things. What about, uh, you mentioned earlier, like 3D model integration or basically saying you guys, like there's like a side-by-side thing you guys have going on. Obviously we've got, we've got an integration there too. Like what are you guys doing with that? And then how is it, what's been the feedback from it? And would love to hear any good stories you have there. That's probably the coolest integration out there. That definitely one of the coolest and very, very, very powerful. We rolled it out on a project down in Houston and immediately <laughs> it was actually really funny. We we're doing just the demo. I looked at something and I was like, wait, that sleeve isn't, is like going this way. Why, why is this happening? I was able to go and talk to VDC and like, there was actually a clash after the fact on a, on a, on a floor that had been signed off. And you could see that it was actually causing an issue in the field where they didn't know what to do. And they, there wasn't an RFI on it. And I was actually able to alert it to the project team from a demo before they even caught it in the field, before anyone raised their hand in the field and, and found it. And it was actually something that was caused because they didn't model something correctly. And then when they sent their final model in, we included it, but didn't reclash it. But then I was able to go show VDC, hey, look, there's this issue and it's going to repeat on every floor. Let's make sure we, we clash against it. And we luckily we caught it like two floors behind where they were. So 40 something story building there. There's some real time savings by catching yourself before you do it 40 times. So, I mean, it's just, it's just so cool that you have that. I wasn't even involved in the project, right? I had no project experience on that project to know what their drawings were about, to know how things interacted. And the outsider looking in was able to raise the flag and say, look, there's something going on here. What is it? Let's fix it so we get better. So it's, that makes it so powerful. We've got people that are coming out of college that have zero construction experience and they're going from 2D drawings or some other whole trade or something where they didn't even know what a drawing was, right? Mm -hmm. And these people relying on them to go and find errors and things. And now you give them a model and the model's great. You can go and look at the model, but then you're having to still look and compare and go, what is that? What is this? What is that? But now with Structure Insight, if you just take the picture right there and you can actually see it side by side, it's way easier to do side by side comparison than it is to do this or even trying to hold the iPad up and do the you know thing. I mean, congrats, Procore, that that is an awesome tool. Dave McCool over there, shout out. Awesome, awesome tool. But I think Structure Insight definitely takes it a step further by being able to line those up side by side. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we're going to see more and more of that. And it, it kind of feels like the foundation of what you're what we're talking about with respect to how do you get more people into this field that can help and that can move the needle and that can help you guys scale your business without having to have a 20-year vet <laughs> to do every new project i think we're we're pretty excited about that as well and obviously lots more to come sort of in that vein and chris other questions you've got related to the procore stuff no i mean I, I think you know obviously we're super excited about continuing to to integrate right we're we're a part of a bigger workflow. And so, you know, it's really critical for us to continue to think about how we move data freely from system to system. I think one of the things that we're 
that really defines us is our openness and our willingness to sort of partner with other organizations and other tools to make sure that data is flowing freely and that we're really facilitating workflows and not, you know, helping to minimize, you know, duplicate entry, things like that. So no, I just, I'm excited to see, you know, obviously always, always excited to hear that that that's really making an impact and and that those integrations are, are working for you. So no, I don't, I don't think so. We, we actually only have about five minutes left. I, it's hard to believe we've been kind of cruising along. So time flies when you're having fun, I guess, or when you're attacking broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk about results a little bit. Like, you know, I know that, you know, one of the things that we want to try to get after here is like, you know, really ultimately, you know, figuring out where the sort of rubber meets the road for you guys and and where the where the value is that we're we're driving. So you know, I'd love to just sort of ask you, where does the rubber meet the road for you guys? Like where are we actually providing impact. I mean, we've talked, I think, touched on it a little bit, but anything else you want to kind of talk about there would be super helpful. So I think something important to remember is that the photos have immediate impact into what I, what happened last week before we covered it up. And then they're also going to have the long-term impact of, okay, we're their owners selling the building and you want to make sure things are waterproofed correctly, or this latent defect comes up and I want to make sure I have documentations of everywhere that defect possibly could have occurred so that it doesn't compound. And and they say, well, this water leak that this window, you've got 500 windows and we don't have pictures of it flashed properly. So cost a thousand dollars a window, $500,000, you know, pay me. (laughs) There's, we've had a few projects where we, let's just say we wished we had construction site on after the fact, it would have been, something to just say, here you go. We know we did everything correctly. And we have that that confidence because we can see it versus relying on someone saying, no, we did it correctly. And we had people come out and look at that. It was done correctly, right? Like I said earlier, we had an engineer come out of the site and he thought that we had done it correctly on the, the previous, just like the previous four days, you know? And so now you're going to try to say a year, five years, seven years down the line, oh, we did that correctly. No, you got to have the pictures. So we definitely, that's our, our return on investment is, is our peace of mind. It's very, very difficult, especially in Texas. We have 10 year statute of repose. So latent defects for up to 10 years, we've got to be able to prove that we did it right. And you know, 10 years is a long time to sleep well at night. So my dad is the risk manager and he, he's, uh, he's very happy having these pictures, knowing that he can go back and look at anything at any time. 10 years of good sleep. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, nightmares. Because uh, <laughs> you don't have any more pictures. <laughs> we have a final question for you. How, how are you and Andres Construction built different? Oof. Well, I'm, I'm built, built a little heavy set. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm built different. <laughs> no, I, I would say at Andres, we're, we're built different by our technology adoption and just by uh, our culture. Like I said, we're, we're fast to, to implement things because we want to we fail fast so we can learn fast. I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. You know, we, we want to figure out how to do things the best way. And the only way to do that is to, is to fail and fail quickly. Yeah, I'd say technology implementation and culture. I mean, the culture of implementing technology is, is something that you don't see everywhere. 
if any of our employees are watching this, I'm sorry that I sometimes put a lot on your plate and I give you a bunch of stuff, but it's bettering the company. I think a lot of our employees see that. We're an employee-owned company now, 100% employee-owned. What I tell our guys is the only way to increase the value of our company is to continue to be profitable. And the only way to be profitable is to make sure that we don't have losses. And the only way to make sure that we don't have losses is to make sure we document everything correctly and, and follow these processes that we've implemented, which is going to lead them on to a really great retirement. It's kind of that family, that family culture and that we're not afraid to implement something that we see that there's going to be value. That's awesome, man. That's kind of like the startup way, you know, in, in a way like you would, you know, maybe this existed well, well ahead of Silicon Valley as a way of life and a way of running maybe a business or thinking about things. But yeah, it's maybe build, measure, learn is, is what you would call that in the startup world, right? And it is just, just about fast iteration. You can say fail fast, learn fast. You can call it whatever you want, but yeah, man, I don't, I think you're, you're, you're on the right track if that's the approach. Cause that's, you know, it's all about what you learn and how you, how you do the next one better. And it sounds like with doubling the size of, of the DFW Metroplex in the next decade, you guys are, you're going to be doing a lot of learning and a lot of growing in the next decade. Of course. It's going to be fun. Construction's always fun. <laughs> Thanks, John. I think this is a wrap for, for, for this build different podcast. I want to thank you, John, for joining us. Super insightful as always and enjoyable. I love Attack the Issue. I want this to be the Attack the Issue episode. So yeah, thanks so much. We're, 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 we're happy to have you on and, and have you share some, some of your thoughts with us. Thanks for having me. Built Different is brought to you by Structionsite. To find out more about us, head to Structionsite.com. Make sure to search for Built Different in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen. Click follow so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of everyone here at Structionsite, thanks for listening.